But we've been doing a series on the red letters uh, that are beyond the Gospels. And in this series, what we've done is we've looked at some portions of Scripture where we see red letters that are, that are words attributed to Christ outside of the Gospels. I mean, it's normal to see it when Christ was alive, but outside. So sometimes these are words that, 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 that disciples are remembering or they're words that, that Jesus is speaking in that moment. And, and the majority of the words we've looked at, I mean, they've been in Acts, and there's been a couple places in Corinthians. Um, but that's kind of the extent of the red letters, except for one other place that I haven't gotten to yet. Um, if, you, if you're looking in your scripture, uh, typically these red letter words that happen outside of, the, outside of the Gospels or beyond the Gospels, they'll be in the book of Acts. There's just a few in some of the letters, the epistles. And then there's a significant amount in the book of Revelation. And I haven't been in the book of Revelation yet. And so I'm going to spend uh, just a couple weeks because I could spend a couple years in the book of Revelation. And so um, we're going to look at a couple portions of Scripture in the book of Revelations over the next couple weeks to kind of conclude this series. But before we get to that book, I just need to talk a little bit about the author. Um, the author, it was a revelation who was given to, or it was given to, to John. John was an apostle. And so John would have been one who walked with Jesus. He would have been one who heard Jesus preach. He would have been one who experienced the, the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. And because of what Jesus Christ did in him through his earthly ministry, John was compelled to preach the gospel. John was compelled to continue to preach the gospel. And as he was preaching the gospel, uh, it may not surprise you, but he received some, some, some tension or he received some, some people who wanted to stop him. Opposition is the word I was looking for. And the point of that opposition was that at, at one point he was exiled to the island of Patmos. Now picture this. John, this is probably uh, 40 to 60 years after the resurrection of Christ when John is exiled. So John is not a young pup when he's exiled. He's an old man. He's probably in his 80s or 90s at this point in time. When he gets to the island of Patmos, he's been whipped. He's been put in chains. Um, he has, he's been forced into labor. He doesn't have the greatest meals. He's, his, his provisions are pretty um, sparse. And he's in his 80s or 90s. Now, can you imagine that moment? I mean, it's one thing for a young guy to be put in prison or to be whipped and beaten in exile to sleep on the ground or in a cave. I mean, that's one thing for, for a young guy. But a guy in his 80s or 90s, that's the moment he's in when he has what he describes in the book of Revelation as a revelation from Jesus Christ. In that revelation, God is speaking to him. And I love it because it's a picture of in that moment of desperation. Now, think of this. Think of that moment for John. <laughs> this is Christ revealing himself to him. John knew what Christ did. He'd experienced him. He was suffering for the sake of preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And now in this moment, which I have to see as a moment of desperation or suffering, Christ appears to him. And, and Greg talked to me as he was preparing for his Bible study just about this revelation and how truly the book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Not just a revelation by Jesus Christ, but it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. 
What better way to minister to John in this moment of suffering, in this moment of exile, than to reveal the truth of Jesus Christ? What better way to say to him, hey, what you're enduring now isn't for loss, because this is, this is who I am. So to comfort and encourage John, Jesus reveals this, this he reveals himself to him. Revelation chapter 1. We'll start there. This isn't working, Irene. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us, and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve God and his Father. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he says in verse 7, he's coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Verse 8, the red letter words that I really would love to dig into this morning. Jesus reveals, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come. You know, I'll be very honest as I started to wrestle through these words this week, as I started to look at this truth from God that says, I am the Alpha and Omega, I just kind of struggled because um, I put it in, he said, I'm God. I mean, what's the big deal? He's saying I'm God. I mean, that's elementary to church. He's God. But I started to look at what Jesus said. In the way he said it, and it started to strike me, and he started to bring out a profound truth about God. Why would Jesus, when he's revealing himself to John, choose to say, I am the Alpha and Omega? Now, for us, Alpha and Omega doesn't mean a whole lot. For us, in our understanding, what, what is the Alpha and Omega? Is that some sorority or a fraternity on a college university? I mean, that's the only place we ever hear Greek letters used anymore. But the reality was Jesus was speaking to people who would understand the Greek alphabet. And the Greek alphabet begins with Alpha and ends with Omega. And so Jesus in the declaration of who he was, was basically saying, I am the A to Z. I'm the A, and I'm the Z. I'm the first, and I'm the last. And why would Jesus begin to say this? He doesn't just say it there, but four times in the book of Revelation, he begins to imply this this understanding or communicate this understanding of first and last. Revelation chapter 117, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. 
He placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and last. I'm the living one. I was dead. Now look, I'm alive forever and ever. He said to me in Revelation chapter 21, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Revelation, this should be chapter 22, verse 13. He says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end. Does anyone want to take a wild guess at how many chapters are in the book of Revelation? 22. Yeah, because it should say 22 on the bottom. 22 chapters. In chapter 1, he reveals himself as the Alpha and Omega. In chapter 22, he says, I am the Alpha and Omega. I just think it's cool when God does something like that. And sometimes we look over that, but I'm thinking God's doing that for a reason. Why does he desire for you and I? Why does he desire for his nature? Why does he desire for the revelation of who Jesus Christ is for us to comprehend that he is the A to Z? He is the A and the Z, the Alpha and Omega. I want to dig into that truth this morning. You know, um, Thursday night, we had parent-teacher conferences at school. And Graham's in kindergarten. And so we sat down with his teacher, and do you want to know what objective measure she showed us for Graham? The one thing she was worried about measuring for Graham that she could point out to us as parents was his letter recognition from A to Z. You see, the reality is with education, we we understand that if you get A to Z, then we can do the rest of this education stuff. If we get A to Z down, then we can start talking about words and reading and understanding and comprehension and information. But you have to get the A to Z to get to that place. It's, it's absolutely, I want to find it, it's the building block for all communication, education, understanding, and knowledge. What does education look like without A to Z? There are be some confused kindergartners. A to Z. Jesus is looking at, at John, the revelation of Jesus Christ. I am the Alpha and Omega. There is something very constructive in those words. I am the building blocks for comprehension, communication, understanding, and knowledge. You have to get the A to Z to see where I'm going. How does Jesus communicate to us, the, the followers of Christ, that he is in this, in this constructive place? Irene, switch it again, please. Not working. First Corinthians chapter 3. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. I believe the revelation of Jesus Christ to John is that I am the foundation. I am the Alpha and Omega. No one can build on any foundation other than that, 
other than the one that's already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in him. That's Christ Jesus. He's the foundation. If we're going to build on something, we need to know what the foundation is. The foundation is truly Jesus Christ. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Jesus is the foundation. He's the building block on which everything else is laid. Luke chapter 6. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. See, that's the foundation. Here's my words and puts them into practice. I will show you what they're like. They're like a man building his house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. I see John. The foundation was laid. It didn't matter that people were arresting him. It didn't matter that people were persecuting him. It didn't matter that people wanted to send him to exile. It didn't matter that he was being beaten and whipped. It didn't matter that he was sleeping on a stone floor or a rock floor with little food. What mattered was the foundation was Jesus Christ. He knew him. He knew his story. And that's what everything was built upon. So, when the torrent struck that house, that's John. He couldn't shake it. Because it was well built, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed. Its destruction was complete. I want to tell you, the foundation must be Jesus Christ. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the building block to knowledge. He has to be the anchor to your soul so that you can withstand the torrents, the, 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 the floods, the storms that come. Jesus is the foundation. But what I, all, I, I love about that verse is he uses this word, he who comes to me, and here's my, my words. You see, the Alpha and Omega, they make the words. We can't have words without the Alpha and Omega, the A to Z. That's what we put together for the words, right? The building blocks for our life, the building blocks that Jesus uses in our lives are what? It's the very Word of God. Think of Genesis chapter 1. How did God create If you read Genesis chapter 1, over and over again, it'll say, And God said, and so it was. The the reality is, is that the words are the constructive pieces that God uses in our life. That's what God is building us up with, is His very Word. The foundation is set. It's Jesus Christ. But His Word is what's building this beautiful tabernacle that we live in, that we are. John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word 
was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Verse 14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. I want you to follow me. The Alpha and Omega. We don't have words without the Alpha and Omega. The word cannot be without the A to Z. Does that make sense? And God uses those words. That's how he created. That's how everything we know was. And that word became flesh. Guess who that word became flesh was? That was Jesus Christ who made his dwelling among us. So when Jesus is saying to John, I'm the Alpha and Omega, I believe he's saying to John, I'm the word that's been made flesh. And I get excited. Because Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the author and finisher of our faith. Who arranges the words of a book? He's the author. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our, of our faith, who for the very joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus Christ is the foundation. The word of God are the very building blocks in our lives. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the very revelation of who he is. He is the foundation and building blocks so that what? We stand. We just sang a song, I'm going to see the victory. You know, God was saying, I know where this starts, and I know where this ends. I I, I know where this thing starts. The author, you know, the one who arranges the words, he gets where it starts, and he knows where it ends. He gets where we're beginning. And he knows where we're going. Philippians chapter 1 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work into you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You see, the foundation, the Alpha, began. We have to be confident that the Alpha will complete. Jesus Christ said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and I am the last. And for us, sometimes we get lost in the profound nature of that truth. Sometimes we get lost in what's in between. But God desires for you to understand today that He is the beginning and He is the end. He is the author and perfecter. He is, He is completing that work. He will begin or He will be uh, begin that good work, will bring it to completion in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, You show that you yourselves are letters from Christ, 
the result of our ministry, not written with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. That's who we are. He's the author and finisher. He's going to finish the work he started. You need to embrace the reality that he's the Alpha and Omega. I want to show you this. Read this to me. God speak to you right now. According to a research at a Cambridge University, it doesn't matter in what order the letters in a word are. The only important thing is that the first and last letter be at the right place. The rest can be a total mess and you can still read it without problem. I want you to hear that word today. All that matters is the Alpha and Omega. All that matters is the first and last. The rest might be a complete mess. The rest might not make sense. But if I've got my foundation set on the Alpha and my foundation set on the Omega, the rest of this doesn't matter. We get so focused on a quarter nine. Skirch. May breed. I know what's going on. We get so focused on, on all that other stuff. We become confused. We become distracted. We become broken and lost. But the reality is, Jesus Christ wants you to understand this truth. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the first and last. He is the beginning and the end. The rest of this, it might not make sense. But I am the Alpha and Omega. You know, we get so focused on on the other stuff. There's a chapter in, in Hebrews chapter 11. And, and if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, I don't have a sideboard. It's supposed to be like the hall of fame for faith. Right? There's some characters in that book. And if we didn't look at the first and last, but we just looked at the middle, I'm going to tell the author he needs to make an edit. Abraham, oh, dude that doubted God, dude that couldn't take God for his word, Moses, oh, remember his middle when he murdered that guy, David, you want to go there, adulterer? You know, when we don't have the first and the last, when we don't think about the beginning and the end, and we allow the the middle to define, none of us measure up. I'm going to say this, none of us make sense. Jacob, 12 kids from four women. A liar and deceiver is who he was known as. 
Samson was just a ladies' man. But the Alpha and Omega. But the first and the last. You guys can come forward. In the Scripture, Jesus Christ said, I am the Alpha and Omega. This morning, I think the revelation of Jesus Christ to us, the red-letter words He desires you to hear, is He is the beginning and the end. How can we say, I'm going to see a victory, unless we know how the story ends? if we don't understand that it is finished, if we don't understand that it is accomplished, if we don't understand that Jesus Christ is coming back for His church, if we don't believe that He has prepared a place for us, then yeah, this mess gets confusing. I know how the story ends. I'm going to try and go backwards. This morning, your, my, your life might feel like this. It's funny, I had Avery and Levi read this to me. Avery got somewhere around matter when she recognized the words weren't in the right order. You might be somewhere around last and not recognize that the letters are all out of order. we got a foundation. That's the Alpha and Omega. And we got the Word. That's the Word that was made flesh. That's the Word that speaks to you. You are a child of God. That's the Word of God that speaks to you. You are precious in His sight. That's the Word of God that speaks to you. I will use you. That's the Word of God that speaks to you. That I have called you. Yeah, it may not make sense. But I know. I know the first and last. The mess doesn't matter. Because of the true nature of Jesus Christ. Father, I come to you this morning and I lift up this room. I thank you for John that he suffered for the cross for his exile in Patmos, that you could reveal yourself to him and speak these words to us today. I thank you that the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that the Word of God that's living and active is speaking to our hearts this morning about the Alpha and Omega, the first and last. Not highlighting the mess in between. God, I pray across this room. Maybe we haven't acknowledged the first and last. Maybe we haven't acknowledged that you created all of this. Maybe we haven't acknowledged that you're the source of it all. The author and finisher. 
God, I pray that today we would acknowledge you, the one who spoke, I am. The one who was, who is, and who is to come. And God, if we've acknowledged your place in all of this, if we've acknowledged that this has all been done at your hand, God, I pray that we can get to the last That's the eternal hope that we have through Jesus Christ. That's that we're not defined by our mistakes. That we're not not quantified by the foolish things that we've been done. But that we've been made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That because of the blood of Jesus Christ, my sin has been forgiven. So I have eternal, that's end hope in you. God, for those who have been confused, I pray for clarity in the name of Jesus Christ. God, for those who feel like a a house that's been battered and broken because of the waves and currents, I pray for that foundation so they cannot be shaken. For those, God, who feel like there's a start and an end, but they need some of them words in the middle, I pray for the Word made flesh this day. I pray for the very Word of God, Jesus Christ, to begin speaking truths to their heart that become building blocks for their lives. God, to the one who said, I can't, and you're saying you can, let them hear you this day. For the one who says, I'm a mess. No one can understand me. But you're saying, no, you're precious and you're powerful in my kingdom. Let them understand this day. Because we're defined by the first and last. The Alpha and Omega. The A. Jesus' name. As Walt leads us in a chorus this morning, I just encourage you to respond to God's word today. If you want someone to pray with you today because, hey, it seems like a mess and and you need help, I want that opportunity to pray with you. If you say, man, I'm not even catching this whole Alpha and Omega thing, and I want to understand more about that, I desire the opportunity to pray with you. If you say, hey, I get it, but everything just, I just need that moment, that word, I want to pray with you. I believe this is a divine word for this morning. I believe that as much as I wrestled to get to this point, there was a reason God gave me this word for today. And I don't want you to leave without receiving what God has for you.